The Kings came into Edmonton and stole home ice advantage by turning in a win over the Edmonton Oilers in their first playoff game. We're going to talk all about what went right and a little bit of what went wrong all on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, you're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you all your favorite news about your favorite hockey team, the Los Angeles Kings, as we talk all about their very first playoff appearance. And it went uh, pretty darn good, if I do say so myself. My name is Sarah Avampato, host of this show. Super excited to be bringing you news about the Kings and to be talking to you all about uh playoff hockey for the first time in Locked on Kings history. It's been a long, weird road with the pandemic and then, you know, the team not being great and everything. Uh, but here we are. We have we have climbed. We've started to climb. We're at like the bottom of the mountain, but we're climbing the mountain uh, and we are in the playoffs. And I'm super excited to be able to talk to you about it. So on today's show, we're going to take a look at that game one win over the Edmonton Oilers, uh, which is pretty significant for the Kings. If you uh, especially look at their recent uh, playoff history uh, and or the lack thereof, let's say. So, of course, as we all know, the Kings went into Edmonton, uh, all the fancy stats, all the analytics, all the like very smart media people said, you know, I mean, people were out there saying like Oilers in four. Like, okay, let's all chill because the Kings got a playoff win. Uh, so the last time the Kings were in the playoffs, it was 2018. The entire hockey world hadn't turned against the Vegas Golden Knights quite yet. John Stevens was on the bench and the Kings were looking for another run out of their core group of players. And of course, we all know how that went. The Kings were swept in the first round. In the process, they scored three whole goals. Uh, they were shut out in two of those four games. Uh, just not a great experience. The three goals came from Anja Kopitar, Alex Iafalo, and Paula Du. Hey, remember him? Well, friends, no matter what happens in the rest of this playoff run for the 2021-22 Kings, at least one demon is exercised because the Los Angeles Kings scored four whole goals in one game, in their opening game against the Edmonton Oilers. It was the first playoff win for the Kings since April 16th since April 18th, 2016, where they turned a 2-1 win in en route to being eliminated in the first round by the San Jose Sharks. It was their only win of the series and their last playoff game win at all, and their only playoff game win at all since lifting the cup in 2014. Your goal scorers back in 2016, Tanner Pearson and, of course, Andre Kopitar. Last night's game one was a game that the Kings weren't expected to win. Looking at the game in all situations, all the fancy stats really tilted in the Oilers' favor. Overall, the Oilers' expected goals for all situations sat at 4.33, the Kings at four. So an evenly matched game, but all of the edge kind of game to the, went to the Oilers. In all situations, they had the edge in terms of possession, scoring chances, high danger chances. At even strength, though, the Kings were the better team. At five on five, the Kings had 65% of the high danger chances, 57% of the overall scoring chances. The expected goals was 2.45. 
a number, of course, the Kings blew out of the water with four goals. And of course, it is those numbers that tells me that this series might be a little bit more competitive than most of the analysts have been suggesting. The Kings have been counted out all season. They've been counted out now, right here in the playoffs. But Edmonton has their own playoff baggage. We all know about it. It's not just like the Mike Smith factor. We'll talk about him later. But like, he's not the only thing that the Oilers have kind of going against him or have, have as a challenge. Despite having two of the best players in the league, the Oilers were swept last season by the Jets. The season before that turned in only one win against the Blackhawks in that bubble season qualifying round thing, which is objectively hilarious, honestly. Uh, the only other playoff appearance in the Connor McDavid era ended with a second round game seven loss to the Ducks. So the Kings are playing for pride for Dustin Brown, but is anyone truly going to call for him? Well, actually, no. I know Kings Twitter. I know the internet. Someone's always going to call for someone to get fired no matter what happens. But realistically, is anyone truly going to call for heads to roll if the Kings lose, if they don't win this playoff series, if they don't win the whole Stanley Cup? No. No one is going to yell about them wasting the prime years of some of the best players on earth. No one is going to sit there being like, you know, oh, the Kings. Like, how dare they? Uh, what a failure of a season. Uh, by all accounts, uh, this team is ahead of schedule. They weren't supposed to be here. No one thought they'd be here. Even the team themselves, the, the organization, the front office, you know, they talk about like, yeah, this is what we expected. But, you know, realistically, the plan was that they would still be a couple other seasons out from being truly competitive. So, as we've said before, the team is playing with house money right now. Whatever success they have, it's ahead of schedule. It's just a pleasant surprise, and it's great experience for the young guys. Uh, even the guys who are scratches right now, um, you know, Gabe Velarde sat out this game, Rasmus Kapari, uh, Jacob Morari. A lot of the young guys didn't get in uh, in this game. We might see them later. Who knows? Uh, but this is just great experience overall for them. So, you can't complain. We can't complain about what's happening in this game. We especially can't complain because the Kings won. Like, that's great. We're going to talk coming up next about uh, some of the things that went right for the Kings. We'll look at some key moments and key players from game one. But first, the playoffs are definitely a time when even us fans need a little bit of extra energy. We got late nights. If you're not in the right time zone, you've got the prospect of endless terrifying overtime. There's a ton of uh, things that are just going to take up your spare time and take up your energy. And that's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. And it's hard to figure out exactly how to address this in your life. There's a ton of supplements and vitamins and everything out there to help keep you going and keep you ready for action. But the choices can be overwhelming, especially if you're trying to solve a bunch of health problems all at once. Our new partner here at Locked On helps address all of those things that you care about. Better energy, a better immune system, better gut health even. And the best part is that it's convenient, easy to use, and it also tastes great. It is AG1. It's a supplement that gives you 75 different vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and much more to help you start your day off right and get your insides in shape. It's so easy to just add a scoop to some water when you're starting your morning. Even if you're not a morning person, you basically don't even have to think about it. And it's one simple thing you can do every day to help take care of your body. So no matter what kind of food life you're living, if you're keto, paleo, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it is, AG1 will work for you and your lifestyle. AG1 and Athletic Greens came into existence when their founder was looking for an affordable, easy way to optimize his nutrition and deal with gut health issues. And the company is doing great work in the community, donating to organizations that help get food to kids in need. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. 
It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so Kings win. It's fun. It's still like really nice, really thrilling, honestly, to like say that and think about that. The Kings won a playoff game. It's really cool. So they win game one over the Oilers. Uh, and one line came up big, and it's exactly who we thought and who we needed it to be. It's that second line led by Phil Deneau, Trevor Moore, and Alex Iafalo, who was bumped up there due to the absence of Victor Arvidsson. Uh, Deneau's playoff pedigree speaks for itself. His masterful job in shutting down players like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner in the first round last year, and then Mark Stone in the Western-ish conference final. That was a big reason why the Kings went after him in free agency. Of course, no one was like expecting Vegas to do what they did this season in like imploding and being bad. Uh, everyone knows, you know, at least at the time, that if the road to the Stanley Cup goes through Vegas, the way many thought it was going to do before the, the Golden Knights fell on their faces this season, then you want a quality defensive center who's going to shut down the opposition's best players. Like you can just imagine Rob Blake watching that Montreal Vegas playoff series and just watching like Mark Stone's hopes and dreams crumble because Phil Deneau was just giving him no space, nothing out there on the ice, and being like, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. I'm going to sign that guy. So it's, it's great. Having Deneau, as we've said all season long, has been a great addition to the team, has been a great lifting of burden on Ashe Kopitar, and uh, shutting down one or both of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, it's a huge job, uh, and it's going to be crucial for the Kings' success. And Phil Deneau definitely had the better of not just McDavid, but really both of them in this game. Uh, he played a, a little over eight minutes against either McDavid or Dreisaitl. And during that time, Edmonton managed just one shot on goal in the entire time. That is pretty darn good from Phil Deneau. And it's something we're going to want to keep seeing going forward. More stats on that. Leon Dreisaitl had zero shots at five on five. His line was outshot nine to two as a whole. Uh, and they, you know, they lost their five on five matchup. Uh, McDavid, not much better, really. Uh, so as we said, if you look at the game in all situations, advantage Oilers. If you look at the game at even strength, Kings win. So Dano, I follow and more, each of those guys factored in on three of the Kings' four goals, all of which came at even strength. The uh, fourth goal was Brendan Lemieux, of all people. We'll talk about him later. Uh, but that was both surprising and fun. Uh, seeing Ayafalo have a great game was really good to see, uh, especially given that his hot start to the season sort of petered off pretty quickly, and then he found himself bumped around the lineup late in the year. But if you'll remember, he started the year off on that line with Phil Deneau, and they look great together. Uh, both guys kind of have a similar sort of defensive sensibility, and uh, 
initially, when they were linked up with Adrian Kempe, it also meant that Kempe got freed up to do, to do more uh, in terms of, of offense, to bring more of his offensive flair, while Deneau and Ayafalo did the heavy work defensively. Of course, Arvidsson-Deneau-Moore combo has been great. We all can't wait until Victor Arvidsson is ready to come back into the lineup. Uh, I think that he is a pretty necessary piece. Uh, but this version of the third line is just such a hard-working line. I love the work that we saw from each of them in setting up plays for other guys. Uh, the Trevor Moore play from behind the net to get the puck to Alex I follow for his goal. The tenacity of everyone to keep plugging at it on Deneau's goal, uh, the eventual game winner, which came off that horrible Mike Smith turnover. Uh, the, for, the save for Mike Smith, like credit where credit is due. That was a great save. That was like, you know, if I was an Oilers fan, I'd be losing my mind. But the play didn't stop. And that's where things went awry for the Oilers. Because at no time did they gain possession of the puck. At no time did they get a whistle or stop the play. And that left the Kings to be able to continue plugging in front of that net uh, and let Deneau chip that one in. So this line doesn't quit. And that is going to get really frustrating for the Oilers really quickly. Um, more end of the night with a goal and two assists. Deneau and I follow. Each had a goal and assist uh, of their own. Um, more tick if, if you didn't uh, know, uh, you know, the end of the, end of the season, uh, the Kings always do their own kind of like team awards and everything. Uh, Trevor Moore picked up the team nod as best defensive player. Uh, Deneau was named best newcomer and MVP, uh, as well as the Ace Bailey Memorial Award, which is the most inspirational player. Uh, and that one is actually voted on by the other players. Uh, Trevor Moore's emergence in particular has been so impressive. Uh, this is a player who at times last season and even early this year, like I probably literally said it on this podcast. I was like, I've seen enough of this guy. Like, what does he even do here? Well, it's clear what he does here now. He's one of the team's leading scorers, a guy who is a menace shorthanded, uh, who just has like, you know, we talk about like Blake Lazat having no quit. This guy has no quit either. Uh, he's like a literal hometown hero like Thousand Oaks native Trevor Moore has become like a meme and by the way like I've been I tweeted about this like I've been in in California just up and down the, the coast for various reasons and I was very bummed because I had to drive from Ventura back to LA which takes you through Thousand Oaks and I was really disappointed to be like on a time schedule to be on a time crunch because I had to be at a place at a certain time uh, because I really wanted to like stop in Thousand Oaks and pay my respects to uh to our, our our local our local hero but uh didn't have time for it but trevor moore has become like a meme an icon like he is like so exciting this season like total fan favorite uh and he is a guy who just plays with so much energy no matter what the situation no matter if the team's up down whatever so it's going to be interesting uh, for the rest of the series to see if Edmonton alters their approach any for game two. They have already split up McDavid and Drysaddle. They're already on different lines. So it's not like they can be like, ah, we'll change up our lines and keep at least one of them away from Phil Deneau. And of course, you can't forget that Andre Kopitar still exists too. So this like poses a bunch of problems for any opponent uh, and the Oilers are got to, they've got to be looking for solutions uh, given how well Deneau shut down uh, really everybody that he faced uh, in this game. Coming up next to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about some things that didn't work so well for the Kings. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. If you go on there right now, you can look up the stats, look up the odds for, uh, you know, 
will the Kings win the Stanley Cup? Will they win a round? How, what, what, what's, what's the deal? I think they have the worst odds to win the Stanley Cup, but you know what? telling me there's a chance you can get into all of that you can dig into the stats the lines the props everything all on bet online you can find all of the latest sports developments league reviews news including the details on this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball and of course this weekend's run to the roses as the kentucky derby is back so bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting playoffs esports and more so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. And bet online, it is where the game starts. So one big glaring issue that came out of this game is that the Kings, who have been rolling four lines for basically most of the season, really only used three lines in this game. Your fourth line of Brendan Lemieux, Quentin Byfield, and Arthur Colley have rarely touched the ice. Lemieux played 259, Byfield 533, Kaliev 742. Byfield and Kaliev each saw just under three minutes on the power play. Uh, this feels unsustainable. Uh, I know some of it is because the lines got shifted around because Victor Arvidsson's out. Uh, things just had to get shoved, like shoved around, whatever, fine. Uh, Lemieux scored. Like we said, he scored a pretty great goal. Like it was one of those goals where I was like, oh, you are actually good at playing hockey. Uh, it, it's it, this, this isn't good. <laughs> this isn't good. So we want to keep an eye on how this develops, particularly once the series shifts back to LA. There's obviously desire to get them more favorable, favorable matchups for that line uh, and to keep them away from the top competition as much as possible. But the side effect is you run the risk of burning out your other players. Kopitar played 25-41, Kempe 24-55, Phil Deneau 22-45, and that's fine for game one. But what happens when we get to game six, game seven? What happens if they win the first round and things keep going? What happens when we get into overtime? You're going to burn out those guys. And when you burn them out, that is when like dumb mistakes happen. So keep an eye on, on the deployment of that fourth line. Uh, keep an eye on who gets scratched, you know, down the line, uh, down towards the end of the season, uh, especially with kind of resting guys in the final games. Like Gabe Filardi came in and looked fantastic. Like, I feel like you could do a whole show on, like, what is Todd McClellan's beef with Gabe Velarde. Uh, but Velarde looked great in his final games, and now he's an extra. Uh, so that, it's frustrating. Uh, I feel like all of these young guys on forward are on a pretty short leash. The, the timetables for the, the ice time for defense wasn't really bad. Uh, it was kind of fairly evenly distributed. Uh, so McClellan clearly has a lot more trust in his young defensemen than he does in most of his young forwards, but uh, that's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, and, you know, you just saw in this game what happens with younger, less experienced players, guys who haven't been here before. The goal against from Connor McDavid in the first is a great example of the hesitance of younger, less experienced players. It's the kind of stuff that happens in the regular season, and you're like, ah, well, Welcome to the NHL. McDavid basically gets to the net nearly unimpeded because no one could keep up with him or they couldn't anticipate what he was going to do next. And they look generally afraid to challenge him in any way. Uh, the goal against saw Carl Brunstrom, Blake Lazat, Dustin Brown, Jordan Spence, and Oli Mata all look pretty clueless. And I get it. Like, he's the best player in the league by most accounts. He makes elite players look stupid. I mean, we've talked about his, like, ongoing sort of beef with Drew Doughty uh, and how Doughty just 
you know, gets walked by him all the time. Uh, so like, I get it that you can put anyone out there against Connor McDavid and things are going to happen because that's just the player he is. But those are the kinds of plays that are going to develop a little bit differently on the ice when McDavid is facing off against Deneau or Kopitar. So it makes sense. You want to keep those guys away from like the league's best player. And they'll learn eventually. They'll they'll figure it out. Either they'll they'll figure it out or they won't be in the NHL because like you have to be able to figure these things out. The goal against from Leon Dreisaitl was also basically a failure of anyone on the Kings to do anything about him. Like watching that play, it's on it's on the penalty kill for the Kings. Watching it, everyone goes and chases the puck into the corner on the penalty kill. Like literally, all four Kings go to you know if you're watching it, they go to the left, they go to the boards, all chasing after the puck. They leave Dryside all alone at the dot. He's basically there to like cherry pick. And what do you think he's going to do? There's no one in front of him, no one anywhere near him. He's basically one-on-one with Jonathan Quick. So I'd love to hear the take of the penalty killers on that one, why all four of them thought it was necessary to go to the same spot and just forget entirely about Leon Dryside. It's not like you forgot about like, you know, no offense to him, but like you didn't forget about Zach Cassian. You know, you didn't forget about like, one of these guys who plays, you know, five minutes a night or whatever. You forgot about like literally one of the best players in the league. So fortunately the game had the right outcome, but imagine if that was the game winner or imagine if it gave the Oilers the momentum to really spark a comeback at the end of the game. It's a bad look and hopefully they learned something from it. It felt like a lot of panic uh, from players and it was all guys who should know better too. That was the really annoying part. Like (laughs) you don't all have to go the same spot on the ice that's something that like you teach little kids is like hey do you see a spot on the ice where everyone is wearing the same jersey as you don't go there because they don't need you there most likely it's to go somewhere else like don't leave a guy alone in the dot facing off against your goalie it was a beautiful goal like you can't really get mad at it but you can because it didn't need to have happened And I don't think we even really need to talk about special teams. The Kings allowed zero power play goals to the Oilers in the regular season, uh, which was honestly like super impressive. Uh, Not the case for this game. Uh, They allowed two on four opportunities in game one. Meanwhile, the Kings had four power play chances of their own and they couldn't convert. So while the Kings are winning the even strength battle, like we talked about, and that is great. And that is like bodes really well for them. uh, They're going to need their special teams to contribute pretty quick. If they want to feel at least a little more comfortable in these games, if they want to pick up some wins uh, and if they want uh, some insurance goals, let's say Uh, again, four chances on the power play Kings had nothing. Uh, So that is a little bit of a spot of concern, but we also knew that going in. We knew that the Kings special teams were meh at best. Uh, so we're going to have to hope that they get not meh over the course of the rest of the series. So I'm really excited that this was the outcome. I'm really excited that the Kings went in, stole that game, are playing with confidence. Um, you know, I feel like if you read any sort of analysis of this series, uh, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to count the Kings out because they are, they, like we said, they're playing with house money. They have nothing to lose. There are no expectations. Everyone expects them to lose. Everyone expects Oilers and four, Oilers and five, Oilers and six. I even heard it here on the show, Oilers and six. Uh, And whenever you're playing like that, when you're like, no one expects anything from us, crazy things can happen, especially when you factor in the whole Dustin Brown thing. uh, And that this is his last season. Uh, I think this is going to be fun. I hope. I hope it's going to be fun. So we'll continue keeping up with the Kings versus Oilers series uh, and also the reign 
are starting their postseason as well. On tomorrow's show, we've got Jay Foster, a friend of the show and uh, covering the rain uh, online as well. So he's going to be on the show for a, a special uh, Ontario Rain Playoff Edition. They take on the San Diego Gulls. So we're going to preview that series, uh, look at some key uh, key matchups, key players uh, as we get ready for the rain to take on the playoffs as well in their best of three first round because it's the AHL. It's going to be weird like that. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that we're all here experiencing postseason hockey together. If you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. If you're watching on the YouTube, it's right down there. If you're not watching on the YouTube, it's W-R-I-T-E said Sarah with an H. Locked on Kings is available at Locked on LA Kings on Twitter. Uh, you can find me yelling about games and Phil no and all that great stuff online. Uh, the show is, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. So make sure you're listening, watching, subscribing, get notifications, tell your friends about it. And let's get pumped to watch the Kings and the rain uh, battle in the postseason. So thanks so much for listening. That is it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.